0: Celtic
1: Stuff Live. Welcome to Celtic Stuff Live on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider of audio and video coverage for the Boston Celtics. I'm your host Justin Pool, and joining me is John Duke. And the Celtics preseason is over. We're going to table that though for the second half of the show because a big announcement this week. That's right, Kyrie says. And this is at season ticket holder night. Kyrie says he will re-sign with the Celtics next summer. Don't ask him about the money. And obviously, if the Celtics will have me, that's a nice, humble way to say that. But I'm sure that they will. Just stay healthy, Kyrie. Uh that he will be back. And obviously this dovetails into a whole host of other conversations, but John, it really substantiates something that you really felt very confident about. I, I said, well, we'll see. It's not contract negotiation time, but we got a really good vibe about it a little over a week ago. Then he comes in really strong this time. And I think at this point, you're hundred percent right. He has no intentions of going anywhere and I don't know why if he wasn't sincere, he would double down on it in front of the media. That's just asking for problems. So, clearly he loves the city, loves the franchise, and I know that the team is headed in the right direction, obviously. Biggest, uh, you know, odds on favorite, number two in the league, to, you know, going to the finals, not quite as much of a odds on favorite as the Golden State Warriors, no surprise there. But a team headed in the right direction, so it's uh, really easy to say you'll come back, but I also almost get the sense that if this team wasn't even quite as successful and built as well as it was today, that, that Kyrie would probably be coming back anyway.
0: Yeah, I mean, everything is set up here well for him. You know, there's, as you said, you can take the team apart from that. He is, he's in a major market. He's in one of the real, important franchises in the league. I mean there's there's certainly the whole New York LA thing. There's the warm weather piece, there's the tax, you know, issues. But when you look at the, the the meat and potatoes, the heart of the league, uh, you know, there's Boston, there's the Lakers, uh, and then it gets a little dicey. The Knicks, the Pistons, uh, I don't think so. So, you know, it, it you know, you start to look at at really where you are and in, in terms of being a marquee franchise and for you to be the star of a marquee franchise that's pretty that's pretty easy choice and then on top of that you've got a brand new workout facility, a training facility the team opened up with the uh, partnering with new balance and the red hour back center it's all it's all there for him and then oh by the way, let's put on to that as you said, where the team sits, and not just where the team sits today but where the team will look to sit. Over the next two, three, four, maybe even, you know, into the next decade. And that's really where I think Kyrie's looking. And yeah, there's some questions. He's got the knee. Will, whether he will be able to stay healthy throughout that contract, next contract. I think there's certainly concerns about that. But right now, the fact that he's willing to stay here is huge. It's huge for this year's team. It takes that whole question off the table. It allows them to plan for next summer allows us to talk about Terry Rozier, and, and it will also allows us to talk about even bigger fish out there. And knowing that Kyrie Irving, it may be, mm. yeah, he may be one of the best pre-agency recruiters that there is out there. A lot of guys love Kyrie. He's a USA basketball guy and that's going to be really important as a sells shoes too like a champ right Got like it.
1: i mean nothing nothing better than to be around uh you know if you're like a Jason Tatum right you're young in your career you want to get to that point that's where a lot of the money is made in this game and sort of be around Kyrie and and those people and those businessmen That's a good thing for your career too, for later on, especially when the, when the torch gets passed. And, uh, so we'll see how all that plays out, but I, I, I'm not so concerned about that contract or the knee on the next contract because he is so young and because the knee was fine, except for they really needed to go in and remove some screws. I don't, I, I actually feel really confident that health-wise, he'll be fine as long as he has the right supporting cast, as long as they're able to manage those minutes. And right now, they're very much set up that way, especially when you watch the preseason, you look at somebody like Gordon Hayward, and I know we'll get to this in the second half, but he really sets up the offense. We saw a lot more of that as preseason went on, where he's at the top of the key, and he's kind of dribbling and searching um, to make the right pass. I think taking some of that, off of Kyrie's shoulders will definitely uh, be helpful. And you mentioned Terry. So I guess I'll put this back to you, John. You want to start with the big fish and work our way down, or do you want to start with the small? And, again, I love Terry, so I have a hard time calling him the small fish, but do you want to start with the small fish and work your way up?
0: I think, yeah, I think that's a good way to go because Terry we know is a conversation piece that the Celtics are need to entertain right now. he i wouldn't move him personally i think i think you go to the end uh unless you can get that magical offer and that's recording this just a few hours after the suns have let ryan McDonough go former celtics assistant gm and you know the suns are a team that is obviously in need of a point guard sarver uh the owner robert sarver has been very involved who knows what that means will the celtics get involved will you know phoenix you know just do something stupid and pay way too much for a point guard. Um, we'll see. <laughs> we already we did go through whole. This is the third time it would be that we've gone into into a deal with Phoenix over point guards. Uh, the, the last time, obviously, was Isaiah Thomas, and then before that, of course, infamously the Celtics buying the pick to get Rondo. So it would be somewhat interesting if we were sending actually Rozier back to. To Phoenix, but I think it only happens if it's a, a, an incredible deal, the type of deal where it would be foolish, almost malpractice on Angel's part to turn it down. I think they want to keep him, uh, but I just don't see How the goal keep for him, him after happy? this year. Right. How can right. they keep him happy? I
1: mean, here's a player clearly deserving of, if not starter minutes, major minutes off the bench, and he is getting that but if you sign Kyrie to that long-term deal, you, if you're Terry, you know, you're never coming out from underneath that shadow. Most likely. I mean, there's a chance if they had to trade Jalen Brown or they make a big move during the season that doesn't involve Terry, I could easily see Kyrie and Terry in the backcourt, but they get really small. One of the advantages of this club as constructed today is just how long they are. Um, You know, we've, Watched a very undersized Celtics team year after year after year prior to them trading Avery Bradley and trading Isaiah Thomas. And now all of a sudden they have this long team that still can't rebound somehow. And we'll talk about that too. But, um, it's very, um, I think it's got to be style of play related. I'll just put that little asterisk there, but, um, but, but it would be really kind of a surprise to see them trade a brown, but. If they are trying to land that bigger fish that we're working our way towards, um, you know, we could also be talking, you know, Terry and Brown. And, and then you see Marcus Smart is all of a sudden in that starting lineup. And there's another player who's now been locked up, but really does deserve those type of a starter minutes at times. I think the biggest thing holding him back is the offense, but lots of guards and not, I just don't see how they could spend that much money knowing that Brown and Tatum are going to be coming up and looking for big money themselves.
0: Well, you know, and, and of course the fact is, is that to, let's, let's just go there since, since we're kind of we're kind of nibbling at the edges of the big fish, um, you know, to make it a major deal for an all-star, they're going to have to include smarts money in it to make it work. So they're going to be in a difficult spot in that, you know, let's say, you know, you, you move Terry and you move Marcus to get the big fish. You know, it's there's not a lot behind you. Now, you'd hope you'd have some other picks. Obviously the Celtics could potentially have as many as four picks in the first round this year. Um I don't know that I'd say that this was a heavy point guard draft. So I don't know that this is gonna be the year to really restock the the uh the cupboard of point guard young point guards. But it's gonna be one where I think you know you take the swings and and where the Celtics will pick you know even if it's let's say the ninth pick from Memphis or the sixteenth pick from uh, the Clippers you're gonna you know you can you can probably get somebody there and what are we talking about we're talking about somebody who's playing third guard fourth guard minutes you know next year so that's not that difficult to to come. Back from. But really what we're talking about, when we're talking about the big fish, we're talking about Jay King, um, you know, friend of the show, one time member of uh this this Fine Fair podcast, as we uh <laughs> traded him and it's just too and many labor. J's,
1: right? Too many, too many J's. J's. <laughs> so they just carved it right off and said Rain and J's there, you know. That's
0: so we're the um, original J's, by the way. We yeah, are the, the original J's. Yep. And we're the OGs or the OJ's, depending on how you want well to look at it. Orange juice. All right. Well, I'll cover yeah. that. <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. Before we get into Anthony, <laughs> Anthony Davis and, and, uh, the, uh, the secondary Jays, I don't know. I, I don't have a witty remark there, but I just want to remind everybody you can follow Celtic Stuff Live on Twitter at CSL underscore tweet live. You can follow me at CSL underscore Justin. John is at CSL underscore Duke and the entire CLNS media network at clns media facebook.com slash clns fans download the clns media app for ios and android simply search clns media in your app marketplace finally the youtube channel youtube.com slash clns media for high definition full-length locker room interviews and the garden report and the round table and all of the post-game content just tons and tons going on at the youtube channel as well as us john we're there and every week you can find short clips of this podcast and video along with us so if you're listening uh, on the podcast make sure you check out youtube.com we are one of the channels or one of the playlists underneath clns media's youtube channel so all right john now take it away set the table for Anthony Davis conversation.
0: <laughs> wow. Set the table. Well, and one thing we should also add to that, that little read is we're also soon will be on Spotify too. So that's a pretty cool little little thing. Not so we soon, we're here. there. Oh, we're we there. Were oh, there. I didn't see it was we we're up yet. So yep. okay.
1: We are there.
0: Yep. Well, there you go. So Spotify here we are. Um, yeah, no look. It's it's Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis is the next star to move. There's been a lot of talk recently because he recently fired his agent. He's now with Rich Paul and Clutch Sports, which is LeBron's, uh, company, uh, the, the, the firm that's not only run by LeBron, but also represents him. And there's been some thought, well, it means he'll be, he'll just automatically is going to the Lakers. I think there's a push pull. I think that we obviously know, uh, that, that there is a close, uh, connection between Kyrie and, and Anthony Davis. Um, you know, I think that the Celtics have a very good chance. I think the Celtics have the best package they could offer for what New Orleans would want. And, you know, if if Anthony is flipping coins and he can go to a team that he can win now, whereas where you look at the Lakers, what it will take for them to get him will basically take them out of the mix of being able to be competitive. The Celtics can put together a strong package, get Davis, and then probably push them even further beyond Golden State. Um, so, to me, it's an obvious fit. Further
1: beyond Golden State. Well, we put push the them beyond. Further beyond and Golden then State. beyond Golden State.
0: I, yes, thank you. That's a better way to put it. You're absolutely right. And so then, you know, then that's- Is that
1: one will be a rebounding
0: team? Uh, no, because we're still gonna play four, we're still have four <laughs> smalls out there with him. Potentially, you know, he'd be out there with Horford, but, uh, there's a question, I suppose, is what the package would be whether or not you have to include Brown, would you, you know, how many of the picks Tatum's off the table. I think under any circumstance, there's no way you're trading Jason Tatum, uh, but it's uh that's where it is. That's, that's what we're going to be talking about here. I think the next 12 months, thank God we're not talking about anymore for about Kyrie Irving. It's all going to be about Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis, and bringing the Brow to Boston. That's yeah, and everybody
1: getting upset about what we're giving up. Right. And, and, you know, somebody like Jalen Brown who he's so interesting because he still doesn't fully play within himself, but they're doing such a good job of having him run those backdoor cuts and work off the ball. And he's, he is cutting and there's so much passing on this team that when he doesn't try to create a play, it's going very well for him. When he tries to create a play most of the time, it it gets pretty ugly. He's got to be kind of in motion. Um, they have to be taking advantage of his athleticism. And so um it may be easier and easier for this team to give up somebody like Jalen Brown in a deal like that.
0: Yeah, I, you know, he <laughs> – I would say that, you know, if you're going by what we've seen last <laughs> – Tatum uh, had his rough a preseason as well we're, we're gonna get into the, talking about the preseason no you're right it, it, you know, yep it's, it's been really bad for I think both guys haven't really shown themselves to be I, I think you know Tatum had a nice quarter in the second game and you know Brown had had a stretch there but they've really both of them have not had a great preseason but they're They're not alone in that regard. What I'd like to see, I think is, but if you take that aside and you look at where they are and what we saw last year, you know, Brown is probably the easier to let go of, not because you just, you feel like he's stifled here. His ability to, to do what he could do if he becomes a star and wants to be a star, it's just next to impossible for him to do that in Boston. You know, playing next to Tatum, playing with Kyrie, playing with Hayward, playing, it's just, you know, and potentially next to Brow, it's just, you don't see how it all comes together possibly. And that's not from anyone wanting to get rid of Jason or Jalen Brown. I'm sure you don't want to get rid of Jalen Brown because you were on the right side of that one. And
1: I want to see him develop here for sure. And I, and I really want to see him play that shooting guard position and play it alongside of, of Tatum. I mean, I think ultimately Tatum finds his way back to the small forward position in the middle of his career. It's just the way that this roster plays out. I think we'll see him playing a decent amount of power forward. But you're right. I don't want to see him go. I'm not excited to see him go. I definitely would prefer that that Jalen stick around and not be the guy that's traded. Um, you know, you mentioned smart and that might have to be, you know, the contract piece, but we don't know how expensive it'll get to bring him in. And even the way Jay King and a lot of the articles have kind of written the whole Anthony Davis thing is like, oh, they would wait for his contract to expire. And then, and I, I just don't see that. I, I think it'll have to be a trade. And uh, that conversation between Kyrie and Anthony Davis is, is really kind of saying like, look, we're running out of time. So if they're going to give up the kind of assets that are required to control your future, then um, it's it's going to have to be pretty, pretty solid on the sly, right, because it can't be tampering. It's got to be pretty solid on the sly that you and I want to hang out, and I think that is why I'm going to tell you that that particular rumor was if it was leaked – from anybody in Anthony Davis's camp, it was leaked on purpose. <laughs> um, you know, that whole conversation, there's no, no surprise there. So, um, all right. Well, I'm going to tell you about one in 100. Hey, Boston sports fans, do you want to get killer seats to see your favorite team for the price of a beer or a large pizza? Tired of paying for all the inflated markups from brokers or last-minute convenience charges just so you end up paying courtside prices for those nosebleed seats? Go to one in one hundred. That's O-N-E-I-N one zero zero dot C-O. Feeling lucky? Try it out now. There's no other place online that's doing online raffles to win tickets to events. It's a totally new way to score tickets to your favorite events and a new way to score Boston Celtics tickets, which is coming right up next week. The cost to potentially score tickets with 1 in 100 is a small fraction of the actual ticket price. You can score a pair of tickets for less than the cost of a beer. Your first raffle ticket is free after you sign up, and the experience of using 1 in 100 is extremely fun and exciting. From picking your lucky number, 17, to the feeling of potentially scoring premium tickets, feeling lucky? Try it one in 100.co that's onein n one zero zero dot co. right john so let's let's tie this in to you know this this whole conversation about you know how does the roster construct itself if somebody like anthony davis were to come there's going to be so much anthony davis talk i feel like we better not we better not go so deep into it that we don't have it on the table because this will be one of those January to March sort of – I don't want to call them doldrums, but you kind of know what the team is by January. They tend to suffer some hiccups. Um Things get a little bit more exciting again when you hit – um you know, the all-star break and that stretch when you're really trying to determine seeding, and then we're all preparing for uh, the postseason. So the Anthony Davis talk is really going to be around that mid season January to March kind of stretch. So having said that, we'll table it. I think we need to talk about the Celtics' one-in-three postseason performance. We obviously have to talk about Marcus in game number four. And, um, and as you said, you know, we look at Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum really struggling this preseason.
0: Oh, it's been awful. I mean, really, it's been probably the worst preseason that I can remember to self explain, um, in. <laughs> I mean, all the years that I've done this, I can't think of a more disappointing start to the season than than what we've seen. And, and, you know, that's really a function of sky-high expectations. I mean, we're all going in expecting these guys to play like the 15 Warriors, and that's not reasonable on anybody's account. But I think that you'd like to see a lot more effort. I'd like to see some shots fall. I mean, that's... That's the. I mean, the, the shooting has just been absolutely horrendous, and you know, of course, part of it is is that when you miss shots, that creates long rebounds, and long rebounds create, you know, really, you know, transition opportunities for the team, and then you know, you're not in good position, and you're reaching, and you're fouling, and it, I mean, it just, it all kind of comes off of that. But you know, th- there's also been a lot of lax defense. You don't want to overreact. You don't want to overreact to preseason but you know i think we saw with brad uh, brad's comments after the game the third preseason game the first the home game against cleveland um very disappointed very you know kind of um disgusted i guess with the effort and i i can't say i disagree with him in any in any respect it was better i thought in part against cleveland in cleveland uh, but again it was it was really not not great and there was a quote that he had uh, you know, on um, I think it was to to Celtics. dot com on Sunday, where he said, you know, the best things that we're doing so far have been, you know, undercover. <laughs> Effectively, kind of paraphrasing the idea is like we're doing, we're making progress, but no one's seeing it. And but that in and of itself is a bit worrying. So I'll I'll take the credit. I'll take the the good. Yeah, of but what he's do you saying, think but the deal the fact They can't see it is a real problem. I mean, yeah. right? that's frustrating as hell.
1: It is because some of these players really made leaps last year, and yeah, it's it's Hayward and Kyrie that are coming back after not finishing out the year. Gordon's obviously struggling with lift on his shot, and I think that's why it's not really quite falling, especially, you know, coming off a screen and just in motion. It's like when he's at the free throw line, he looks like he always did, but I just think a lot of that's you know sort of game shape and repetitions and just finding that muscle memory and establishing game day strength, um, not only in the ankle but just from a from a fatigue and energy standpoint, right? And he does so many other things, handling the ball. You know, he's 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 getting up there and getting the rebounds. He definitely had you know a couple of athletic plays where. Um, He blocked somebody from behind, right? We talked about that on the last show. So, you know, I don't think it's – I don't want to characterize the ankle as like he's not fully rehabbed, and that's why his shot's not going down. I just mean I just don't think he's had enough repetition in the game setting with that ankle to really get the muscle memory where, you know, when he gets his feet set and goes up into a shot that he's quite as precise with that motion as he was prior to the injury but i bet a month into the season he's back where where he always was from that standpoint um so so i don't I, mean, I don't i don't really understand how this team isn't playing well and the bench unit you know the guys that are coming off i understand maybe a little bit with the rotations but the guys that are coming out there are the guys that finished last year in heroic fashion and then they can't like there's no gel there's no chemistry how is that possible
0: I don't think – well, I, I think it's because they're individuals right now. They went off as a, as a group of individuals over the summer. You know, Jalen, you know, walked the earth um, like the dude from Kung Fu. And, uh, you know, Jason, you know, was all over the place. They worked on their games. They did great stuff individually. But, like, you got to do it in a team concept. And it, Marcus Smart, who we'll talk about here in a second – you know, made a comment after that game on Thursday where he said, you know, you know, guys go and they do work, but they go, they don't practice their defense in the summer. You know, they forget about it. And, you know, I think that's a big part of it is just getting back in the lab and, and and working on the defensive end. I think it will, a lot of it will come from that. Remember, I mean, they played their first game four days after they started camp. So it's not like they haven't been playing and it's not like, you know, but, The the timing of this has been very weird, and the game started so soon after they started camp. It's not an excuse necessarily, but I feel like there should be a lot of growth in the 90s away from these preseason games. That should give Brad enough time, hopefully, to find some momentum with this group. But the other piece also though is, so you got the individuals and I think the other piece you gotta look at when, when you're trying to figure out why is that, you know, there's a, a sense of entitlement is, is natural with all that's expected of this team. But just like what happened with two years ago, you know, that team that Isaiah kind of returned from and they added Horford, they were supposed to be the number one defensive team in the league. And they weren't anywhere close to start the to to season. You know, they had to figure out how to grind out games and how to get there. That could be, you know, what happens here. There's just there's a shorter preseason. There's a shorter amount of time for training camp. And it's just going to be more Not in the a lot season of where they're actually building that that uh, cohesion together.
1: Yeah, not a lot of practices before they ended up actually playing games, and probably not that many practices in between sets of between the Hornets and between Cleveland either. They're going to have a full week before the season starts, and I and I will add, too, it almost seemed like, remember, we were always concerned about the back-to-backs and not getting any rest, and yet this team for the last several years under Brad Stevens seems to do better. I mean, there was one year before Kyrie – where their record on the second night of back-to-backs was like ludicrous. They were a better team with a better winning percentage on the second night of back-to-backs. But even then, it's like the tougher schedule for some reason with this roster has always benefited them. They're always better during that stretch. And then when they have nights off and everything else, it's like they fall out of their rhythm. And we've always chalked that up to the fact that there's just so many young players on this squad, and so – Again, staying in rhythm is really important versus the vets who've just had, you know, that kind of experience and and can just kind of do that. But with so many young players contributing in big ways and for large minutes, that maybe that's what it is. But I, I can't come up with another theory to be honest with you, John. I I don't know how else to explain it. You know, it just seems like they have to play a lot to be good.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that I think. Um that guy I think goes back to the Hayward piece as well I feel like Kyrie looks pretty close to who he is and I think you know we'll we'll get there I think at Hayward it's going to take time I think clearly his timing his flow his feel for the game is just off and you know he said that when they took the screws out it kind of set him back and kind of almost a reset button when the, when he went through that in late May and early June so he's really two months behind where he should be. So really this is where he should be, you know, early August. So, you know, by the time we get to Christmas, that may be the type of guy we were expecting to see as we started camp, you know, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. This is, this is a season about May and June, but for a team that we're expecting to be, you know, the world beater right away, it's probably unrealistic. And I, I think. You know, it's going to take Hayward some time. And it does kind of make me think that perhaps they should move him to the bench. Uh, <laughs> not to go back down the road of talking about the the starting lineup once again, but he just doesn't feel comfortable. He doesn't look comfortable. And I think it's more important to get that core together. We talked a little bit about this last time. Get that core together. Try to get the players who are at least healthy back in the same kind of fold and then bring Hayward into it as opposed to trying to fix everything at once it just feels like You want him to be out. the the
1: guy who's running the offense off the bench is that kind of what you're thinking is use him as a facilitator have him be able to get those rebounds and then um you know maybe put the ball in his hands more to help him get into the flow versus in that starting lineup you know he's got to put the ball in in Kyrie's hands to some extent. I guess there's plenty of ball handling opportunities, though. If you've got Terry and Marcus, you know, not in that lineup, who else really handles the ball? I mean, Tatum a little bit, but not really. Never Brown, and, you know, Horford does, I suppose, but only for short stints, not for any kind of extended. So from that aspect, I almost feel like it makes more sense to keep him in the starting lineup and just, have him contribute in more of a facilitator role and expect more out of Brown and Tatum on the offensive
0: end. Yeah well, I I think that's that could that could work. I just to me I want him in low leverage situations to start against players that aren't as complete. And I I you know I feel like, you know, he was against Cleveland, you know, he's he's going up against Love. He's going to, I mean, these are things that would challenge him if he was healthy. Not necessarily Attacking love, but perhaps defending love, yeah, I just I'd like to see him perhaps against you know a team's third best wing swing guy, get oh. confidence back and then and then find ways to get everybody out.
1: attacking love and defending love is just a funny thing to say um, <laughs> <laughs> all right true. let's wrap this one on Marcus Smart and the ejection in the final game of the preseason pretty early to go to what was the score like 12 to 10 12 to 8 something like that 15 to 12 is somewhere in that range the game had just kind of got going in the first quarter and then man what is up with jr smith and his thug ways with the celtics he's just out of control um and it just seems way too early in the season to be instigating having said that Marcus Smart earned his fine, regardless of the unfortunate circumstances around his mother and him denying uh, emotional vulnerability. I will agree, Marcus. This is definitely who you are, and you're a bulldog. But I definitely am also taking into consideration that it's preseason, and I'm going to counterbalance that with, you know, he's obviously hurting and makes him – it wasn't – um the foul wasn't committed on him. The foul was 100% – Committed on on what was it? Baines in the back, you know, or I guess they tussled up arms and then and then Jr. kind of pushed him. And it is what it is. Marcus made it his fight, and um, and for a preseason game, it probably wasn't one hundred percent necessary. But there's an element of history there with Jr. that uh, you knew Marcus was going to be the guy. I mean, this is the guy who punched a hole through. A painting or a picture or whatever on the road last year. I mean, you know, he's, he's got a little volatility to him and he's the enforcer. I mean, if this was hockey, he's the guy you bring off the bench to go start throwing people into the boards and making
0: them pay. So yes, absolutely. And, and let's, let's set the stage properly. JR Smith, he, he is a thug. He is uh, a chief shot artist. He is um, also the guy who single-handedly um, cost the Cavs game one of the finals last year. Uh, he is uh, one of the more detestable players that play in the NBA. I have not enjoyed the Jr. Smith experience at all, ever. Uh, so, then, you know, he started doing the cheap shots on Jay Crowder three years ago. And, you know, it's, it, it it's been a long run of this stuff from him and smart just got sick of it. He's like, you know what? <laughs> I've got to take care of this. The, the problem is, is that smart's got to be, you know, smarter about those situations. He's got to be aware. If Aaron Baines is that frustrated, he could take J.R. Smith, break him in half and throw him to the sideline. I mean, Aaron doesn't need that backup, but, you know, that's Marcus. Marcus has got his guys back, and that's why they love him. It's why he's there. It's why he's earned well, he's worth well more than what they're paying him for the 13 million a year. And he's gonna be, he's the heart and soul of the team. You know, you just don't wanna see that become an issue where you lose games when it matters. Jerry Smith deserved it, and I think the fines, you know, bore out that, yes, smart, was overly aggressive, 25,000. Eh, come on. To actually find J.R. Smith when he was only given a double foul says, I think all it needs to say about the NBA saying, no, no, you did, you bear responsibility here, JR. And well, uh, they I just wish they'd it. finally sure, suspend the guy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's not like the league doesn't know the history. They right? look into these things over and over. And the last thing that they want is, you know, something to, something to happen again like it happened in Detroit, right? They've got to keep an eye on this stuff, and it was easy for them to make a statement in the preseason and hand out these fines um, and the ejection. But you're right. At some point, there needs to be some suspensions. I think if it was the regular season, it might have gotten a little bit uglier, um, and uh, I think because it's the preseason, this one slides a little bit. But make no mistake – Marcus Smart wanted to throw a punch and had they been closer, might have landed one and you can guarantee suspension in that case. Um, and he was close and, and I don't, I think he's self-restrained. If you watch the video, it's like he's going to go throw a punch. He's too far away and the delay in time has him not really back down, but definitely think twice about trying to connect with that punch and then Terry and Tatum they saw the same thing i think you'll see if you watch that video which is why they tackled him and brought him to yep. the ground but i think he actually had mental control over himself before they tackled him it was just if you look like you're going to throw punches you can't just all of a sudden cool off and uh, the rest of it i think was just kind of you know just uh played out because it needed to
0: yeah i well i i i don't know i mean he was he was not he didn't do the typical nba thing where you put your hand out and you start pointing i mean he had his hands at his sides like he was i don't know it was that was it was kind of funny i was watching it in a buffalo wild wings with 45 other uh parents or uh, other fellow soccer players of my son his teammates and going ham i mean we were going crazy about this and of course everyone's looking at me in and, and
1: preseason
0: at at it's totally
1: preseason yeah they're
0: going nuts you know and this is and, and i saw explaining jr smith to them and and what the deal is and you know everyone's loving it of course you know and and you know it just it sets the tone it sets the tone for the year i wish it kind of forced the celtics to play better the rest of the night but you know alas it didn't happen I'm just waiting, you know, we're going to talk about the 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 season and some expectations in our show next week, which is, will be the, you know, the season preview, I suppose. But, you know, I just look at that night and if, if you needed something, a swift kick in the pants, you know, smart, being there for those teammates, that's exactly what you need to have. Okay. Now you need to play better. Now you need to show each other that you have each other's back instead of just kind of jacking threes and, you know, having absolutely zero flow to what you're yeah, doing. Out no there. hustle.
1: There's definitely a, a hustle issue that's going on. And you're right. When we come back next week, we will talk, uh, basically our season previews and based on what we saw in the preseason, I expect you and I to be a little more toned down, but we've had some enthusiastic season mm-hmm previews in the past and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the difference a week makes lots of hype this past week with Kyrie and rumors around Anthony Davis a great show all around and we will be back like John said in just a week so that's going to do it for this week's show Broadcast will be available on demand on the CLNS Media mobile app. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at CSL underscore Justin and at CSL underscore Duke. A heartfelt thank you to everybody for tuning in. And remember, you can support the show by subscribing to Celtic Stuff Live on iTunes and Stitcher. We'd love it if you gave us a rating and a review because your feedback is important to the show. For staff writer Samuel Lias, executive producer Larry H. Russell, the founder of CLNS Media, Nick Gelso, and my co-host John Duke, I'm Justin Poole, and Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Celtic Stuff Live.
0: Celtic Stuff Live.